dads. Hello, welcome to Dad Talks, where you get to listen to two dads talk. I'm your co-host, Jared Schmansky. With me, as always, my co-dad in crime, Joe Lopez. Joe, what are you drinking tonight? Hi. Um, tonight, I am drinking some random whiskey shooter that I had in my bar. Ooh, random whiskey <laughs> shooter? Yeah. Uh, I didn't want Bud Light again. Fair. So I had the shooter. I think it's brown dog whiskey. Ooh. And it's black cherry flavored. Uh, so it kind of tastes like medicine. I don't, I don't like black cherry flavored. Yeah. Like just so, excuse me. Just in general, I don't like black cherry flavor. So yeah. So here we are. What are you drinking? Well, before I'd say what I'm drinking. Okay. Because it's actually really boring. I'm having chai tea. Uh, <laughs> but we have somebody else that we have to ask what they're drinking because we have yes. a guest on today, Joe. We do an important guest. And with us for the first time on Dad Talks uh, is from Best Song Ever Fame. Kevin Connor. Kevin, hello. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a Bell's Amber Ale Ooh, and a uh, ale. Holly and Jolly Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers. <laughs> Those four words don't go together. They just don't. Well, I'm here to prove that wrong. <laughs> Fair. So let me lay out how this episode's going to work. Uh, I think it is a long, long standing argument that some people who are wrong believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. The other people who are right believe that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. We're here to settle all the arguments, put an end to this, be done with it once and for all. The dads are going to figure this out, and the dads plus Kevin. Yes. Who's a dad to an avocado pet, so, I mean... It is true. It counts. Yeah. He, uh, he sleeps a lot. Well, that's the best kind <laughs> of avocado pet. Yeah. So, Kevin is one of those wrong people that thinks that Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Me, as you might know from my making up Hallmark movie fame, knows what an actual Christmas movie is and knows that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And then you know, Jared, I think it's really uh, respectable how you don't let your internal biases affect your hosting duties Thank on the you. podcast. I, I say very <laughs> level all the time. I'm very good at it. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now the one person that doesn't really have a dog in the fight is Joe. Joe, True. say hi to the people. <laughs> hi. <laughs> Joe, is people. Our, Joe is our independent observer. Uh, yeah. So our job here on this podcast is to convince Joe one way or the other on whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. And that'll be the end of yeah. it. We won't ever talk about it again until the next time we talk about it. Which will be like probably next week. Yeah, probably. Um, Whenever we have to discuss if Die Hard 2 is a Christmas movie. Uh, <laughs> Let's not forget there's what, five of those bad boys? Yeah. Well, Ooh, Joe, yeah. you had never seen it. I have never seen it. So I watched it for the first time. It took me three days, but I watched it. Lay us <laughs> out like your initial thoughts. Having never seen it before, what what do you think generally of the movie? Not in a, not in a Christmas versus not yeah, a Christmas. Not in a Christmas. Yeah, um, it's not normally my go-to style of movie. Like, ridiculous sure. action isn't, like, my genre of movie that I am drawn to. Um, that's not to say that I don't like that kind of movie, because, again, I generally love every movie I watch. Um, but specifically, like, I, I don't go after, like, 80s action movies. Sure. Like, that's just not my thing. Um, this movie was more entertaining than I thought it would be. That's good. Um, I did find myself enjoying it more than I thought that I would. Uh, and I kind of was like, 
after I watched started it and had to stop because Cora woke up, I was like, I kind of want to go back and keep watching it. Um, yeah. and it's bloodier than I thought it was gonna be. Like, yeah. way more bloody than I thought it was oh, gonna yeah. be. Can I tell uh, you why you liked it so much? Tell me. I think it's a bulletproof script. Interesting. It's not complicated. Uh-uh. No, but action movies tend to have really bad scripts. Yeah, and Die Hard's is strong. Like all the motivations are there. Nothing is set up and not paid off on. Like there's a lot of like. I was point. talking to Amy, my fiance, who I watched it with, and in the beginning of the movie, his wife flips the photo down in her yeah. office. And that is a meaningless act Mm -hmm. until like an hour and a half later when Hans Gruber shows up and flips it up and realizes that she's John McClane's wife. And like, that's a huge thing. Like, yeah, there's so many little things like the, the make fists with your feet thing. Right. Yeah. That pay off later. It's. The dialogue is really good. It's which not is cheesy. Like, that is that is yeah. like, for being a cheesy action movie because it is. I mean, let's lay it all out there. What it is is a cheesy eighties action movie, but the the lines are not cheesy. It does. It's not cheesy from the the voice act or uh, you know the 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 writing or or the the plot. It's cheesy from the fact that they brought a rocket launcher into the into the you know building. Cheesy. Yeah. But this is an everyman action movie, right? Like this isn't Stallone or Schwarzenegger. Right. Uh, it's it's Bruce Willis. Like he was yeah. best known for like a sitcom at this point. Like yeah. anyone could be John McClane. Well, and then he turns and, around. I mean, Sixth Sense came out, you know, not too far after this, right? So like it's he turns around and does very serious things, right? He doesn't just stick in the the hard action stuff. Yeah. Well, and I've I've done a lot of research on this movie because I really like it, and like when he was cast people laughed at the idea of him being an action hero. Right. We and now, like now look at Bruce situation. Willis. Yeah, right. Um, no, it was overall very good. I, I, 3.75 out of 5. Um, would That's I go back good. and watch it again? I might watch it again, like if I'm flicking through TV and it's on and it catches my eye. Die um, Hard is always on. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon, of course, mm-hmm. it's it's got that energy. Like you, yep. you turn it on, you're like, oh, hour left and die hard. I think I will. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I liked it. It was fun. It was exciting. It was uh, bloody. It was entertaining. And Reginald Vell Johnson just is the best character in this whole movie. I'm gonna say it. Mm, Hans Gruber, but I mean that's. Fine. I thought that he was great. No arguments. He gets his hero's moment at the end. It's perfect. Yeah, it's very good. That, honestly... Uh, so we'll just jump right into to spoiling. If you haven't seen Die Hard, I guess turn off the podcast, watch Die Hard, come back uh, in two hours and 15 minutes. Um, but at the end, when he gets his hero moment, I thought that was the cheesiest moment of the whole movie. And I understand oh, it why was. it was there. And I get it. that the, But, like, it's done. Everything's done. Everything's over. And then they just throw in this super cheesy... Uh, like gun smoking shot yeah, on the as, barrel of the gun. Yeah, as he as he saves John McClane's life from the yeah. German that just won't die, and it's like uh, that. It had a really good ending, and then there was that. Oh, another reason I think the movie's very good. I think they made the villains like the plot that the villains had was not crazy, right? Like. 
the everything made sense like it was a very good heist part of that movie and i think that that added to it too many times in action movies they're like we're gonna blow up the moon and you just have to accept that and that just takes you out of it right from the beginning well and that's even a line where they're like what do you terrorists want and he's like who said we were terrorists right Mm -hmm. we're just robbers we're literally just the very smart thieves Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm It's very good. Well, well um, I think this is good. Let's yeah. let's jump into why it isn't yeah. a Christmas movie or why it might be a Christmas movie, and uh, we'll go for, we'll go from there. So, Kevin, you, you're the guest. You have, <clears throat> excuse me, you have the floor. Kick it off. I have five points, uh, and this is a good segue to the first one. Hans Gruber's plot relies on the circumstances of Christmas. It's an empty building with one group of vulnerable hostages minimal security and a sluggish police response he couldn't do this on any other day what about thanksgiving no one's in the office on thanksgiving there aren't thanksgiving parties there are people that come in and work on fridays yeah but they wouldn't they would be spread out throughout the building right because you'd have one or two everywhere now that's a good point you bring up what they don't talk about in this movie is that there are other offices around, but for some reason, this is like the biggest company in the building or they have multiple floors. Uh, but it was very odd that they came in just for that person's safe. Right. Well, and it's wild that they're having their Christmas party on Christmas Eve. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. insanity, but I just tee that up to the '80s work I, culture. And sometimes you just kind of, kind of, you, yeah, you take whatever. it. You know, it's it's movie stuff. You gotta you gotta go with it. Uh, I think that's a good point, but I argue that it could be on any other holiday, right? Christmas party is a good point, but you got a small group of people working. You know, the day before, as the you know, Joe and I work in offices. We understand. Well, Joe, you're in retail, so your office hours are a little bit different. But like. Yeah. The day before Thanksgiving, there's six people in the office. If you don't take that day off, there's like six people there. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just like you could do it the day before Thanksgiving. You could do it the day before like Fourth of July. So but it doesn't have to be Christmas. Is Mr. Takagi the man who has the code in the office? They didn't get the code from him, but they were say, attempting but, to. But in the end, that didn't. It didn't matter if he was in the office or not, right? Because he, did, he that, didn't give them that the was code. Step he just one. killed him in the first like half an hour. They had contingencies, but that was step one. I think that's a fair argument to say that it was based off of like the idea of it being around Christmas or on Christmas. I think that's a fair point, but. I think you could still do it on another holiday and it would be just as effective. I don't All think right. it hinges on Christmas. All right. Well, let's do number two. Cause okay. I'll, I'll keep driving this point. Okay. John McClane is only in this situation because it's Christmas. He's far too stubborn to have visited in the six months since Holly moved to LA because he mentions that they talked about this in July and that's when she moved. He only came to LA because it was Christmas. Hmm. All right. I think that's a smart point. Uh, again, the plot could be written around other things, right? Christmas is not. All right. Let me let me phrase this the right way. 
while Christmas is utilized in the plot lines, Christmas is not the crux point of the plot line. It's not, oh, we're doing this for Christmas. We're not doing this, you know, like no at no point are they like, oh, besides cheeky one-liners like, you know, whatever, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever they say in there, like in cheeky one-liners, but there's no point where he's like, oh, it's Christmas, you know, or or we have to do this because it's Christmas, or we have to save this man. Like, the cop is not sitting there on the on the radio being like, we got to save the hostages so they can be home for Christmas. The closest you even get to that. Right? Oh, like, man, I wish he was. That'd be so bad. That would be, that would be awful, like awful writing. But it's, it's not, like, the closest you even get is the kids – the reporter goes, what do you want from your mom and dad? And they don't even be like to be home for Christmas. They just say, come home. Right. Like there it is. Yes. Situationally it's there for Christmas, but the plot is not anchored around Christmas. Hey Joe, remember that scene when the German guy's like brother gets killed and he's all pissed and he's like, not now. Mm -hmm. Like, like he's on the ropes though. Doesn't Joe remind you that right now? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want containment. Right. I want I want to kill him. Point number three. The soundtrack. It, good point. It's a good Christmas point. songs. Christmas and Hollis. Let it snow. Good They're point, so Jared. out of place. On the end credits, I, I made I made a note about this. On the end credits, they roll a Christmas song. I I, I think it's uh maybe it is Let It Snow or they just roll. Let's- let us know it might be number two, but I know there's a Christmas song at the end. They yeah. roll a Christmas song with the end credits, and it feels so out of place because they just had this super cheesy hero moment where he, like, has his hero moment where he kills a dude, and then they they play, like, I'll be home for Christmas or something like that. It feels so out of place. Like, just because you put the Christmas music in there doesn't mean that it makes it feel like a Christmas. Like, it's it's just... it's. It's just out of place. It feels awkward when you play like this man just shot a dude in the forehead and now you're playing I'll be home for Christmas. That doesn't those these colors don't run. Right. It should be down with the sickness. Just blaring. Why not? (laughs) Why not? 20 years before it comes out. Yeah. You guys might not like this, but your kids are going to love it. But your kids are going to love it. All right. Well, listen, Christmas and Hollis. It's a great song. Uh, great song, and I always think a diehard when it when it comes on. So, uh, was it was it on real quick? Was that on your list uh, for BSC or was it on Luke's? Oh, I don't know if it was on either of ours actually. Like it's it's on my um, it's on my Christmas playlist, but I'm not sure that I picked it for my my is favorite. Is that the Run DMC song? Yeah. Oh wait, it is on here. I think I picked it. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. Listen, we pick a lot of songs on Best Song Ever, and it's been a couple of weeks. I uh, I forget. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a classic. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. And it's it's cool because it's like the East Coast, like Run DMC, like yeah. Hollis Queens kind of like attitude. And John McClane is just like utterly shocked by L.A. when he shows up. That yeah. is part of my like the part of the movie that made me smile is when the dude walks up to him gives him the kiss on the cheek and he just like looks around like fucking la california yeah i was like that that was that was great great way to to build character like uh right there and just say oh this is who he is 
The my favorite part of it is just when the beginning he stands up on the plane and he's got a gun and he's like, "Don't worry, I'm a cop." And yeah. it's it's just okay. Yeah, no, and then, like and then he goes and smokes in the airport, yeah. like well, lights up a cigarette. And he cackled at that. She's like, "What is like? This is such an odd time." Yeah. There's a lot That's- of weird things. Like looking back at the '80s in this movie, there's a lot of pieces in there where you're like. That's really the computer screens. Okay. Oh, the my computer God. screens. Every time you look at a computer screen, it's like a matrix green analog screen that's like a text editor. And you're and you have the input from a text editor and you're like, this is not this isn't these aren't right. computers. These aren't they're, real. They're cutting through the locks and it's like lock four bypass. Yeah. And there's some <laughs> flashing red. <laughs> Or the the electromagnetic lock kicks in, and there's like little dots around the thing. Yeah, to say, oh, there's electromagnetic locks here too. Yeah, I can't speak to any of the accuracy of how to steal six hundred forty million from a high tech vault in the eighties, but for well, legal I, reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we swore we'd never talk about that again. I was on a roof that apparently blew up. Uh, shh. <laughs> All right, Christmas movies are often about one man versus the world. Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life, Jingle All the Way, (laughs) Die Hard. (laughs) Right? The whole world's against John McClane, and he's just gotta put up or shut up. His feet are all bloody, doesn't have a shirt, he does have a machine gun, and he's just gotta, gotta just make things happen to get home for Christmas. The closest thing you have in this is Home Alone, I think. Yeah. All the other ones, like, yeah. they they make, I get it, right? But in the end, they save Christmas. Home Alone is probably your closest battle to say, like, if Home Alone's a Christmas movie, so is Die Hard. And I go back to, to that point's a fair point, but it doesn't outweigh the other points of, like, Home Alone's centered around Christmas. Everything is Christmas time. Everything is about his family getting home for Christmas, getting, you know, he wants his family for Christmas. So in the comparison, the best comparison you have, there's still way too many non, you know, like separation there that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to say like, Oh, die hard's a Christmas movie because home alone's a Christmas movie. So what would it take for you? Do you just need like more trees throughout? Like I would, does, need- does John McClane need to not step on glass, but like step on ornaments? Yes. I, okay. I mean, it, that's that's a part. And, and I tell you what, he sends one of the hostages down in a Santa hat and says, ho, ho, ho. Right. So, like, yeah. there's a little bit there, but. um, Hold on, I, Kevin, I think you have one final point because I have some some rock solid parts that I want to point out on why this isn't a Christmas movie. So you you lay on your final point. Do yours because uh mine's going to be bulletproof. Okay. So I'll I'll set you up for your fall. Okay. Christmas movies don't kill people. False. Hmm? <laughs> Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> boom. He, Literally, Santa Claus Santa dies. Claus okay. dies in the Santa Claus. It is a mental thing where the Santa Claus becomes an idea that now it's Tim Allen. And actually, there's theories saying that it was Tim Allen the whole time, and he just passed it on to himself. All right, because he's magic Sa- and he's Santa Claus, and he can go through time portals. That's how the these Santa things Claus, work. The Santa Claus is just a state of mind. It's Santa like Claus is a state of mind. 
Actually, um, if you're going to go there, Santa Claus are just the clothes. It's not the person underneath. It's the clothes themselves. Man maketh suit. Hey, Tiny Tim died. Oh, but only after Christmas Carol. No, but like in the in the third and Christmas future, Tiny guess, Tim yeah. dies. No, and Jacob Marley Tiny, dies right Tiny off the bat. Tim. Oh, Jacob Marley dies right off the bat. Okay, Jacob Marley is Listen, a bad here's, man. He's a bad here's the, man. Here's the problem with the Christmas Carol is that my knowledge of a Christmas Carol is almost <laughs> entirely a Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> so there's two Marleys to me. Uh. Also, it's written by Edgar Allan Poe, and he was just the saddest man of all time and should not have been anywhere near a Christmas. Uh... It, was, it was written by Charles Dickens, but good try. No, no, you're wrong on that. Actually, yeah, because you're right. Gonzo plays Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I was wrong. Um, but still. Thank you. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Home Alone, Christmas movie, those guys would be dead. Those guys would oh. be dead. They would be dead if it wasn't a Christmas movie. Yes. Die Hard walked so that Home Alone could run. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin like watches Die Hard. Like that's like the tape he watches after Angels with Filthy Souls. He just watches Die Hard. <laughs> just and he's die like Die Hard and learns from it. Yeah, <laughs> I think what I would pay for an outtake of Macaulay Culkin <laughs> with his BB gun, like pushing through a door, is like yippee ki yay, yippee motherfucker. Oh, that that would be that would be phenomenal. Yeah, I. I don't think a Christmas movie can be rated R. I think that's what I, I, I don't get me started on love. Actually, I, I listen, I don't love it either, but it's, it night, is undoubtedly a Christmas movie and it's rated before. R the night before. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, Christmas Die Eve, <laughs> looking. All right, I th- I think it goes back to I'll 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 adjust that then they can be rated R, but the fact that Joe started this whole thing by saying like it's way bloodier than I imagined that just proves that point of like there can't be that much blood on Christmas. I'm what sorry, color there is can't... blood? Red. Just because it's red doesn't make it not blood. All right, Kev, you got one more point. Yeah, this is let's, it. Let's hear it, Jared. The Lions didn't play. On the first Thanksgiving, Thomas Jefferson didn't eat seventy hot dogs when declaring independence. We don't have we don't have proof to deny that. That's God. If if Jefferson <laughs> chugged a bunch of glizzies before saying they like, just brought in a whole plate, like a whole platter, and all the founding fathers just went ham I, on glizzies. Like if that was the case, I would stand up right now and deliver the pledge of allegiance. Absolutely. But our holiday traditions grow and evolve. And if Die Hard wasn't a Christmas movie when it came out, that's fair. But it is now. Even the debate about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie is now part of our Christmas tradition. That's a good point. That is a good point. So the crux of that argument is saying if you do something every year on that holiday, it becomes a holiday thing right yeah right (laughs) Artie wants to get in on this argument she wants she wants a part of this she knows i'm right she's like he's making a good point (laughs) she did watch it with me today so um i i would i would argue that 
because it goes back to uh, something that I've been discussing with Katie. So we're hosting Christmas dinner at our house and we're mm-hmm. talking about what the main plate should be. Did somebody say hammer turkey? It's hammer turkey, right? That's the, that's the argument. Is it hammers or turkey? Why can't it be hamburgers? We do kielbasa. Christmas and, tacos. And so, but if you saw people eating kielbasa, would you say, oh, it's Christmas dinner? If it's on Christmas, yeah. I would I would say if you see ham in the center of a big feast, you're like, oh, look, it's a Christmas dinner. People are dressed like Christmas and there's ham in the middle. If you see kielbasa on a plate and it's on a big dinner, you're like, huh, there's sausage in this big dinner. That's strange. It's, it's not just because you use it as a holiday tradition doesn't mean that it is the spirit of Christmas. Luke is gatekeeping the spirit of Christmas now. <laughs> I've been just gatekeep- like brunch. I'm not even arguing that. I've gatekeeped. I have gatekept the spirit of Christmas since the beginning because I think a Christmas movie should center around the spirit of Christmas, and Die Hard just does. In the and end, you know what, Jared? I knew I wasn't going to convince you today. That's that's I, fair. And you were, and you and you can't convince me. Nope. It's it's we are at an impasse. We have been for years. But, but there's Joe. There is Joe. Joe, the the one who can be swayed. Yeah. The one who doesn't have a dog in this fight and can pick a side. Yeah. He's not John McClane or Hans Gruber. He's Ellis, that cokey dude who dies. God, I hate that guy. (laughs) He's the worst. (laughs) So bad. Oh, so bad. Also, so, there's nudity in this movie. I, yeah, just it's always so surprising to me. It's coming yeah. so off guard. When I saw it, I was like, "Was that boobs?" Yeah, yeah. there's just boobs there. And he like walks by the magazine of the wall, and he's like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> so, I watched this movie, uh, and my first thought was, "I know that voice," and yes, it's Bruce Willis, but. Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy sounds just like John McClane. Like I don't hear it. It's pretty I don't either. damn close. Um, but I've been hearing Rocket say horrible things on TikTok for like a yeah. month. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came into this movie literally no idea what I was walking into. Just the debate, is it a Christmas movie or not? Um... And at first I was like, how is this even and a, a debate? Like, there's nothing. Nothing about pointing it. Pointing out to Christmas. Nothing about it. But then the movie goes on. <laughs> <laughs> and I've fallen in the camp that this is a Christmas movie by, like, this much. <sighs> it's got Joe. the most minimal christmas in there for me to accept it like the soundtrack the ho 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 and the santa hat um the giant christmas tree in the party there's slight lines in there about christmas but like very minimal the only thing i think that could really push it over the edge is if it started with holly and her daughters waking up that morning saying hey tomorrow's christmas like your dad hopefully will be here and they kind of talk about christmas a little bit and then if it ended with Christmas, like the Christmas morning, like you yeah. see John show up on Christmas, I think that would very much push it over the edge. 
I'll, uh, I'll go. I will go on record saying if they added a deleted scene where it's John and Holly and the kids on Christmas morning the next morning, I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to say this is a Christmas movie. But the film is kind of formatted in that it's this one single evening. That right. Is, I, it um, is, and that's also implied, and also Joe already said I was right. <laughs> that is true. So I do feel it's a Christmas movie, but again, just by like a quarter yes. of an inch. Like, hey, just, Kevin. It just barely got Kevin, there. Kevin, there's one thing you, you didn't take into account when we started this endeavor, and it's that by rule, we don't take Joe's opinions on movies because <laughs> he loves hey, every single movie. Joe gave it a 3.75, which is really low on his scale of 3.5 to 5. <laughs> so I, I knew that you know he might not have loved as much as I do, but he agrees, and that's it's, what matters. It's a Christmas miracle. It, Jared's wrong. It's a Christmas miracle, and <sighs> you know, I know what I'm beat. Some people might say, "Oh, Joe's just doing it to you know be opposed to Jared," which is part of it. That is true. Um, that is a, a strong driver. <laughs> but like I said, it was. I kept thinking about like I literally have been racking my brain for the last three days, thinking about is this a Christmas or not a Christmas movie, and it just came down to those few things. The soundtrack was very Christmas inspired. Mm-hmm. The few elements are there. The mention of Christmas here and there just pushed it over the edge just a little bit. Another thing, and this is geographically biased of me. If no he was, snow? If he was an L.A. cop and they did this in New York and it was snowing, also a point for Christmas. But the fact that he's a New York cop in L.A. takes away from it. Yeah, but isn't that kind of like it's the Christmas traditional Christmas like cop out of water thing, right? Like yeah. he's in... Like, it, it would almost be better if there was, like, a metal Christmas tree, and he was like, what the hell is that? But, like, right. there's not. Yeah, so that's where I land. It is a Christmas movie, barely. Just scraped by, but hey. Hey, that's how I got through college. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we all? That's where I land. And there's a few things in that movie that just, like, it. this isn't even about Christmas. That blew, blew me away just how they got away with it. And I sent you a text. Like, there's a scene where they're on the roof, and you clearly see that he's wearing rubber feet. They, 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 like, look, they look like boots. Like they're flared I, out from his legs. Like <laughs> it's so bad, but I enjoyed it. It's a Christmas movie. The uh, end. Argument finished. The man kills twelve people, and you're calling it a Christmas movie. That's that's where I land. Who's well, to say how many people Kevin McAllister killed? <laughs> That might have not been the only robbery at their house, that's right? That's just the one you, that that's they survived. The one you know about, right? Exactly. His tactics from the first movie to the second movie have evolved far too much for it just to be the second time he's done. Oh that. yeah, he's he's practiced now. He yeah. is, he's he's yeah. evolved. He's killed. You watch Die. It's because you watch Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> is Angels with Filthier Souls a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's fine. I'll go back and watch my Hallmark movies and, and enjoy my spirit of Christmas. Good. I'm glad. Listen, here's the thing is that I'm not here to gatekeep anyone's Christmas. If you don't want to watch Die Hard, like, don't. I don't care. No, um, you should watch Die Hard and then make your own decision about why it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, sure. But just yeah. watch. What I'm saying is whatever is a Christmas movie to you, that's a Christmas movie. You guys right. and your freewheeling brunch and Christmas movies makes me sick. We're, we're going to throw up a poll, too. Oh yeah, on 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 the story to see what the what the folks say. All right, Kevin, you brought something else with you, and I want to do it. Yeah, you brought a game. So Die Hard, uh, fun movie, great, 
And then they made another and another and another and another. And Die Hard varies in quality by so much. Uh, I've not even <laughs> seen them all because I've heard the last one is so bad that it's not worth watching, even Yikes. though I own it in a box set. So I pulled together the plots of each Die Hard movie along with uh, a certain amount of fake ones that I wrote. Actually, uh, Luke from Best Song Ever also contributed because oh, I was good. like, if you have any good ones, let me know. Perfect. So I'm going to give you guys some some plot lines for Die Hard movies, and you have to tell me if they're real or fake. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll go with the easiest one first. Okay. John McClane attempts to avert disaster once again on Christmas Eve. As rogue military operatives seize control of the high-traffic Dulles International Airport, stranding dozens of planes in the sky, including the one with his wife. Yeah, I'm going to go that's real. Yeah, that's got to be real. That is Die Hard 2, Die Harder. I love it. It's I, so good. Every it's, Die Hard movie should take place on Christmas Eve. Does it? Well, no. See, here's yeah. the thing is that some of them do and some of them don't. So now you have to figure out like, oh, did they make another Christmas one or not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what, so I'm, gonna, I'm going think, out of order now. So some of these will be more recent, obviously. I, I also think that every time they make a new Die Hard movie, they shouldn't add a number to the end. They just keep adding ERs to the end. harder harder if you have to make die hardest which i'm sure will be the last one. Oh yeah well they, die- they don't want to make it yet uh that'll be bruce willis's final movie he ever does just so yeah. that they can put a cap on the whole franchise just so they can kill him <laughs> yeah. and that, he dies like yep. that's the surprise he dies in the end there's no coming back no not even the not even uh john mcclain bruce willis dies at the end of die harder <laughs> all right Aided by a young hacker, John McClane must defend America's internet-ruled infrastructure from a cyber terrorist hell-bent on crashing the economy. Yes, that's a movie. Nope. Calling it fake. Joe is correct. That is is live free or die hard. Is that the one with Justin Long? (laughs) It is the one with Justin Long. (laughs) That's how I knew it. I was like, that's a Justin Long movie. That's a Justin Long role if I've ever heard one in my life. I'll tell you what, I like that one. It's kind of fun. It's very crotchety, John McClane, where he's like, ah, oh, it's a computer, but like, it's, I enjoy right. it. It's also rated PG-13, so when he says yippee motherfucker, which he says in every one, yes. he like mumbles it, so it's really weird. Huh. He's like, he's like yippee and like, he, it's. All right. Why would they go back to making PG-13 ones? Like, you started with R and just made I, it super bloody. Why go back? I don't know. Doesn't Hans Gruber's cousin seeks revenge against John McClane with a ruthless game of riddles as he terrorizes New York City in order to rob the Federal Reserve. Nope, that's fake. Yeah, that's fake. And I know that because it's a Sherlock plot. That is Die Hard 3, Die Hard with a Vengeance. No! Rules. It's so good. Samuel Jackson's in it. Jeremy Irons is the villain. Oh, that's great. And apparently the thing about Die Hard is that they buy scripts that aren't that are just like individual like, movies and they go oh we're just going to make this a die hard movie we're going to add I John love McClane. it it was called Simon says cuz like his name is Simon and he like does a bunch of riddles it rules it's not during christmas watch it over the summer it's amazing that's literally the plot to the end of season 1 of sherlock well uh sherlock stole die hard with a vengeance cuz it's <laughs> awesome ending's not great whatever you know, or Die Hard, you know, stole from 
uh, whatever, Conan Doyle, whatever his first name yeah. is. Arthur. Arthur. Caught while out shopping for a Christmas gift, John McClane reluctantly stands against terrorists invading a recently built supermall in order to make a point against commercialized American culture. That one's fake. No, that one feels real. It's fake. Uh, All right. It, thank you to thank you to Luke for that. Because Thanks, he, Luke. He gave me that, and I was like, "Oh, I definitely wanted a mall one, so that's perfect." That's good. All right. Uh, I think Joe has run away with this, but I have yeah, one more. Yeah, it's 2-0 right now. John McClane travels to Russia to help his CIA agent son defend the world from an underworld force bent on stealing nuclear weapons. That's I'm going so, fake. That's so ridiculous. I have to say it's real. Like, I don't know if you could make that up. That's so ridiculous. Or it's a that James is, Bond plot. That is real. It's Die is Hard it? 5. It's, I don't even, what is Die Hard 5 called? I don't remember. Die is Hard that Live Free or 5. Die Hard? No, that's 4. A Good Day to Die Hard. Wow. So, uh, it, I, is, it is literally a James Bond plot that they said we could make this into a, into a Die Hard movie. That's got a big old 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I All haven't right. seen it. I don't think I ever will. 15%? Wow-wee. Yeah. Did Bruce Willis star in every single one of these? Yeah. Wow. And I really think that's the only one that miss that misses. I, I like the first two a lot. Those, those are the only two Christmas ones. Uh, and the next two, I think are good. They're hmm. fine movies. Huh. All right, Joe. You know, you know Die Hard. Apparently, I love it. Congrats on your diehard, uh, new diehard fandom, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. You've got the box set. I let you borrow it, man. Just go I, deep. You did. I might have to. I might have to check out the second one. I like and, the second uh, one a lot. See, see how I feel about it. See if it gives me the same Christmas feelings. Uh, I think it's a little less Christmassy. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it takes place on Christmas, but I, I don't know that I can make the argument as much for number two. Um, it's just like it happens that there's like a dictator being transported to Washington D.C. on Christmas Eve, and that's right. why it's listen. It's wild. It's got some twists and turns. I don't think it's Christmasy at all. There's snow. There's way more snow. They shot it in Alpena, <laughs> actually. Really? Really? Yeah. Like yeah. It's because it's it's supposed to be all it like it's the last one where they're like, oh, John McClane's trapped in this place. Yeah. Um. So it's it's all at an airport. So all the exterior like runway stuff they shot in Alpina. Kevin, let me ask you, how does John McClane go in these adventures as just a New York City cop? Does he eventually get promoted like special agent somewhere? <laughs> or... Okay, I can't speak for number five. Okay, I, I do not have a clue. That one seems insane. I think it doesn't make any sense. Two's a coincidence. He's picking up holly from the airport and i think he kind of just like there's even a thing where they're like this isn't your jurisdiction get the hell out of here but he's like i know this shit i've done this before i'll help fair um three he gets dragged into it intentionally like there is a revenge element mm, okay oh because it's um, gruber's cousin right cousin yeah and then four it's been a while since i've seen it but i think it's it's he's like doing his job and he just kind of stumbles upon something and just like goes for it so he never moves out to la with holly huh no they don't make it sorry it's tough Tough on those kids man yeah uh the actress that played ramona flowers in scott pilgrim yeah mary elizabeth winstead plays his daughter in the fourth one wow really yeah and jai courtney plays his son in the fifth one really who's jai yeah 
Captain Boomerang himself. <laughs> you, oh. Joe, would know. I'm like, I know he's in Suicide Squad, but I do not remember who. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. That was amazing. And Jared, you're wrong. So, Kev- suck it. Joe, that. you came into this thinking I was going to be wrong. So, I'll hold this grudge forever. I'm just happy that it's Christmas and we're together and that John McClane saved the day. John McClane yeah. did save the day. But we, before we leave, speaking of him saving the day, did he save the day? That tower is absolutely destroyed. That is billions and billions of dollars in damages. That's insurance claims right there, baby. You know how like <laughs> hey. retail employees like aren't supposed to stop theft because like insurance covers it? Yeah. Like yeah. I definitely think that he caused more than $640 million worth of damage. Easily. Easily. Um, so like, I don't know, maybe there's Nakatomi Corporation has a lawsuit on their hands. I mean, it feels like probably to, more right? people died, like more innocent people. Yeah. Well, ha- well, so the I'm thinking of like the explosion that took out the entire second floor and I I have a they lot said of said that only everybody was on the 30th floor. Yes, except Joe, if you blow up the bottom of the building, it makes the whole building structurally weaker. You're fine. Okay. I would I would like a follow-up <laughs> okay. from like an engineer about Nakatomi Plaza. Like, is it bad? There's now? no way that it's like reusable, right? Like I I don't know. I went to film school. I can't right? speak Me to sexual integrity. <laughs> I do I do data stuff, so I I don't well. know. One day we'll figure it out. One day we'll figure it out. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Hey, I'm happy. Listen to Best Song Ever. Uh, yes. We just did, our, or I guess the day this is coming out, listen to this, and then go listen to our uh, Top Albums of the Year episode. Luke and I Ooh. put a lot of work Ooh. into that. That's a really good one. Very good And one. I know you guys both liked our Beatles episode we did last week, yeah. where we had uh, Beatles writer Ted Montgomery on, he's written two books about the Beatles, and had a ton of awesome insights. And we also talked about the new documentary and uh, and our favorite Beatles songs. So there's a bunch of stuff. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And uh, you actually just got published on a recent uh, Get Your Article yeah. published on Offshelf. Yeah, Offshelf.net. Uh, Luke and I both write stuff on there. If you guys are looking for some good music, uh, that's where we published our top tens. And Luke does a bunch of interviews. I might have some stuff coming out soon. Just ooh, a great place to, to go look. I love Perfect. it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kevin. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, you're a sweet, sweet boy, and you're uh, the you're the best dads. I we have three you. dads in the pod. We always joke, but you guys are my fourth and fifth favorite. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Probably buddy. fifth and sixth. My dad should be in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> in the mix. In the mix yeah. somewhere. You guys are top six, though. Oh, thank you. That's perfect. Well, thank you so much, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it, and thanks to Planet Ant for having us on their podcast network. And if if you haven't yet, go follow us on our social media. We're at Big Dead Energy Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and you can find us on Facebook, at Big Dead Energy. Uh, you can actually, if you're following following us on Facebook, you can get this episode the second it comes out. It'll pop up on our Facebook page, uh, and uh, Joe it comes out what six a.m. on whenever the six a.m. on Fridays. Six a.m. on Fridays. So Wednesdays, Fridays at six a.m. If you're up, go to the Facebook page. It'll be right there for you so and and hey don't go spending all that knowledge in one place this has been a production of planet amp podcast powered by pinecast